I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, we take on a couple of villains to sort out whether bad stuff is also illegal stuff. George Santos won a seat in Congress by lying to voters, but is that a crime? And Kanye West made it clear he hates Jews. In England, he'd go to jail for that. Here in America, did he commit a hate crime? Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. Yes, what's up, guys? John Anik and Kenny Florian. Oh, my God! You want a podcast? Great. So you have some audio on your website that nobody goes to. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Get back from Houston, Texas. My daughters have fucking destroyed my office. I mean, you should see the piles of crap just in every direction so apologies on the visuals we don't have time to talk about that today ken flow right it's monday february 10th 2020 is the year it's episode 236 of the anakin florian podcast not my intention to blow up your twitter feed last night ken flow <laughs> but uh there there are a lot of opinions obviously on john jones and dominic reyes and if you don't know john jones set the record this weekend UFC championship win number 14, which is just absurd, whether you thought he won the fight or not. But it goes into the books as that, a unanimous decision win for John Jones, 48-47 times 2, 49-46 on the dissenting third judge's scorecard. I've gone through all the tweets. I've tried to pull out some of the best ones. There are a million different opinions on this, but I guess Ken Flo will just start with the fight and ultimately how you saw it on both sides. Yeah, listen, um, Watching it again, like we talked about before, watching it live, watching the fight, you're not exactly looking at it to score the fight, right? And, and you know, I thought that uh, Rays got off to a fantastic start, uh, definitely won round one uh, with his volume, with his ability to clip Jones, to um, thwart a lot of the advancements of John Jones as he was coming forward. He was tagging John more than John was tagging him, really. And you could see this was how the fight was is going to play out essentially. John Jones uh, pressing forward, trying to make the octagon a little bit smaller, and Ray's really trying to use that lateral movement, stick and move. Right. Um, as the fight went on, I thought John found a lot more success. Um, a lot of the shots that Ray's thro- threw. Um, initially, I thought he landed a lot of those strikes. In watching it a second time, put the volume off. Just really was just focused on what was landing, what was not. Although Reyes was throwing more, he wasn't landing a lot of those shots. If they're skimming off the gloves, if they're skimming off the side of the head, if you're missing, even though it looks good and it looks like he's chasing down John Jones and he's throwing 10 strikes in a row, whatever it is, if he's not landing those shots, you can't count them, period. Even though if you hate John Jones, you can't look at it from that perspective. The same way that everyone wants to look at the fight, the last fight with Conor McGregor and Cerrone, as if Cerrone threw the fight. Why? Because everybody or a lot of people don't like Conor McGregor and his antics. It doesn't matter who you hate or what happened. It's really what happened during the fight. And Ray's, for me, didn't land a lot of the strikes. Now, I initially said that um, it's entirely possible that John Jones won 3-2 and that it was insane to have a judge say it was four rounds to one. Right. I have to say that it is not insane for for that judge to have it right. four rounds to one. I went back and watched the fight uh, about two and a half times now, and um, it, it's possible that John Jones did win that fight 
four rounds to one. Um, I, right. I thought it was three rounds to two, but it's entirely possible that he won it. And that, to me, is just mind-blowing because, again, I thought there was no way that he won four rounds. Right, right. When you go back and watch it, guys, it can be different. Just right. watch it with an open mind. Watch it with an open mind. Yeah, and I also need to go back and issue a retraction, I think, because I wrote on Instagram last night for the guy who had it four rounds to one, dude is blown. And right. after watching it back, if you saw rounds two and three as both being close but decided to give those rounds for John Jones, he certainly had four and five. So I think when you gain some separation, you gain a little perspective, you tune out some of the noise, uh, you allow some more truth to set in. You brought up the, the subconscious angle, right? Subconsciously, maybe you're not rooting for a guy like John Jones, so you yeah. want him to lose. So then when he doesn't lose in a fight that you saw as being very close and competitive, maybe there's some irritation there. Here's what I'll say about the first three rounds, because discussing rounds four and five, I think, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Clear sure. John Jones round. Yeah. Whether the takedowns were even a part of the factor or not, um, most of these rounds, essentially, you're judging solely on effective striking because that's where these fights were contested. You yes. don't even need to get to aggression and octagon control if you can determine a winner based upon effective striking, right? Round one, Dominic Reyes, I think it was pretty clear, right? Round two, biggest statistical discrepancy, Dominic Reyes outlanded John Jones 33 to 22, okay? Stats don't matter, guys. I hate to break it to everybody out there, okay? Throw out the numbers. They're nice to look at after the fact and maybe can be a piece of your analysis. But when I went back and watched round two, Ken Flo, I didn't see it as 33-22 Reyes. I saw John Jones defensively masterful. Now, I saw that as a 10-10 round. I could not determine a winner. I watched round two three straight times for a quarter of a fucking hour, and yeah. I couldn't determine a winner, right? So I had round one Reyes, round two I had 10-10, round three I gave to Dominic Reyes. So I didn't give John Jones any of the first three rounds, but ultimately I had it a 48-48 draw. Your thoughts on rounds two and three and, and what people might have missed or what people saw uh, over those 10 critical minutes of this fight? Right. I think what most people remember is that flurry around four minutes and 12 seconds into round two. Um, and if you look at it, you can watch it in normal speed and then slow it down. I, I did not slow it down, but watching it in normal speed, uh, to me, Rays didn't land any of those any of those strikes in that flurry that it looked like John Jones was backing up of even the uppercut at the end. Jones kind of blocked with his elbow as he came out, never got hit with one of those. If anything, maybe he got skimmed with one shot, but none of those shots landed. Rays landed another nice shot later on in the round. But other than that, I, I think Jones landed more leg kicks, more body strikes, um, and I, let's say let's say it's even, and we went to octagon control. Right. I would then give it to right. John Jones, winning that round too. I don't have a problem with ten ten. I, I I don't think that's um, a, a crazy score at all for that round. So you have an argument there, John. Um, I didn't have it that way. I thought Jones sque squeezed it out as far as getting the ten nine. Uh, but I'm not a big fan of giving out ten ten rounds. So uh, again, I, I think that uh, you know. The way you want to see that round, I would say Jones won that. Uh, initially, I thought Rays won that. Right. Going back and seeing that flurry, it, he just didn't land a lot of those shots. Round three, I would say Jones probably squeezed out that one as well. 
Here's what the rule book says about a 10-10 round. A 10-10 round in MMA is when both fighters have competed for whatever duration of time in the round, and there's no difference or advantage between either fighter. A 10-10 round in MMA should be extremely rare and is not a score to be used as an excuse by a judge that mm -hmm. cannot assess the differences in the round. So you are discouraged language-wise from throwing a 10-10 round out there. When I used to cover boxing, Ken Flo, when you're scoring a boxing round, better put your cellular telephone down and be yeah. so supremely focused. And certainly in boxing, when you have 12 rounds, there's a little bit more of a margin for error if you're doing a 10-9 one way or the other. But in MMA, right. it is absolutely critical that you tune out the outside noise. I think in terms of, of change with judges, they certainly should have noise-canceling headphones and not be able to hear the crowd. You know they can't hear the commentary. They don't have the benefit of statistics, but there's no reason why they should hear the crowd noise. Uh, but these are very difficult rounds to score and even though I did not give John Jones any of the first three rounds as you said off the top you and I can both see an argument for John winning round yeah. two and winning round three and man is that judge's seat thankless it, it is and and listen you know our jobs when we were commentating fights and your job currently, you know, as you're commentating fights, there's a lot of juggling going on. You're not just, you know, calling the action. You got to give statistics. You got to, you know, give, uh, you know, uh, you promos. know, context, context, promos, advertise all those things that are coming up. I mean, there's a lot going on letting, you know, Dom and Rogan get in there, all those things, you know, it, you're not trying to score a car. You're not trying to score a fight. Um, and it's just totally different. Even watching the fight, um, you know, on Saturday night and watching it now, trying to actually score the fight is a completely different process, man. So I promised myself that we would spend time on the Reyes performance angle <laughs> of this because it's so easy to just go down that scoring rabbit hole and spend the entire show on judging yeah. and open scoring, which we'll get to and all of that stuff. But Dominic Reyes sat down with us on Thursday, Ken Flo. He said, I have to move. I have to destroy this man's legs. I can't have my back up against the fence. Cerebrally, he really seemed to know a few things that were going to be disastrous for him. Uh, I thought he fought a near-perfect fight. Obviously, going back and forth with you, you explained to me some of the pitfalls and some of the things you saw from Dominic Reyes' side of things. Largely, though, you were very impressed with his performance in this first UFC championship spot. I was. Listen, I don't think there's a lot of people that can do that against someone like a John Jones. Um, I think he really took a page out of Alexander Gustafson's uh, you know, blueprint in, in the first fight that they had, where he was able to get in, get out. He was able to counter John Jones uh, at times when uh, John Jones was stepping hard on the jab. He was able to slip, throw that uppercut a few times, which I thought was phenomenal. Um, I think he really did his homework. He did an excellent job of defending the takedown. How many guys have been able to stop those takedown attempts from John Jones, get back to his feet, um, and, and be able to separate again? I thought his lateral movement was excellent. His, ab his ability to get in and get out to score, um, I, I thought in that first round, uh, that first round was tremendous. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think he did the right thing coming out hot in that first round against John Jones. John Jones is more of um, an analyst, you know, as he fights, he goes out, he's like a computer. He analyzes what you're doing. Then he adapts. Then he gets better as the fight goes on. I think this is, this fight is a, a great example of that, but I thought Reyes did his best to try to win those early rounds, um, yeah. and he was very close to doing it. And again, if Reyes got the nod, I wouldn't have a problem with it either. Right, it was a right. very close fight. He did a great job of attacking John's body as well, um, and I, I think 
he was a little tense to start the fight. Yeah. He was a little bit tense, as you would be for a big championship fight against a guy you've never faced before in John Jones, a champion uh, like him, who many consider the greatest of all time. But um, I, I think when we do see a rematch, and I think it's warranted, yeah. um, I think we're going to see a more relaxed and an even more confident uh, race. I think so, too. One other thing from John Jones, Kenny, he said after the fact, it's hard when people expect great things out of you at all moments. And I do think when somebody engages John in a close round, whether this is the prime version of John Jones or not, and we're going to get into John Jones and, yes. and why he hasn't maybe been putting guys away with the frequency that we saw early on you know this was the seventh decision win for john in his last nine he hasn't won a performance bonus from the ufc since january of 2015 right yeah. it's been five years since john jones has won a performance bonus not to say he has been much less brilliant um but it's hard for john right so when dominic reyes is able to Go toe-to-toe -to -toe with John for rounds one through three at least. I can understand why people are reluctant to give that round to John and why they're quick to praise Dominic, who, who deserved a lot of that praise. Uh, no doubt about it. And, you know, that's what makes defending a championship belt so damn difficult. You're at the top of the mountain. Everyone's looking at you. And they have the luxury of looking at you for years. You know, and, and you look at George St. Pierre, it was the exact same thing. As amazing as he was, there was a period of time where he kept going to decisions. Um, you know, people are, everyone's analyzing your game. When you're the champ, all eyes are on you. All coaches, yeah. all fighters are looking for ways to beat you, which is why it's so important to continue getting better and continue uh, continuing to evolve. Um, you know, it's a very difficult position to be in as a champion. Um, and I thought Reyes was pretty damn close. One other line from the score, uh, from the scoring book here it says, if there's any discernible difference between the two fighters during the round, the judge shall not give the score of 10-10. Again, this score will be extremely rare, right? Mm -hmm. So I think if you're a judge and you have that language, that's about as discouraging as it gets, right? So <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting here telling you I had it 48-48, but I think if I'm an employed judge, then I do give round two to Dominic Reyes, and as such, I would have had him up 3-0 and thereby winning 3-2. As far as John Jones's performance is concerned, one mm -hmm. thing you texted me uh, is that the creativity doesn't just seem to be there anymore. And even though Mike Winklejohn and Brandon Gibson have done a masterful job with him as far as his technique is concerned, he brought in a new Muay Thai coach. He's working on developing a high right kick, which hasn't been a huge part of his arsenal in the past. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Phil Nurse isn't walking through that door anymore. And he was right. a guy who a lot of people gave credit for injecting this creativity into John Jones's game. Uh, we haven't seen... I mean, he's still an eight-point striker, but we haven't seen uh, the variations and all the different strikes that, that came to define his, his UFC prime. I couldn't agree more, John. And I think that Phil Nurse was a very creative and exciting um, coach when it, when it came to delivering certain skills or certain ways of attacking um, for, for John Jones. And I think that he has lost that a little bit. Um, you know, if you look at the potency of his weapons, there is no single... Uh, weapon that John Jones possesses where you're like, oh man, if he lands this, it's right. a knockout. That's not what John Jones is about. You have to look at what made John Jones great. What made John Jones great was the fact that he had a variety of skills that he would use at different times that you just weren't ready for. He was creative, and you didn't know what he was going to throw next. That's what makes him a brilliant fighter. It's not this 
one kick or this one strike. And I also right. think he's kind of utilizing his weapons in the wrong way at times. I think his spinning kick could be way sharper. Um, it, it just looked a little off. So he, you know, I don't know if it's the time away from the octagon, you know, that's getting him a little bit less sharp or maybe a, a coaching style that's leading to a lack of creativity. But right now, John Jones is as predictable as he's ever been. Um, it doesn't mean he's he's not great because he's still obviously a handful for anyone at 205 pounds. He's still an amazing fighter, but he's losing some of that, um, you know, those star qualities that really made him special. And, and it really, it, it begins and ends with his creativity. So Dominic Reyes, as many of you know, and we said this on the broadcast, when John Jones was defending his belt against Chael Sonnen that April Saturday in 2013, Dominic Reyes was hoping to hear his name called in the NFL draft. And that wasn't all that long ago, right? You're talking about six and a half years ago is when this guy really made his pivot to MMA. And the Vulcan Uzdemir fight with Dominic Reyes was huge. He said, that's the night I truly became a man, right? A fight that many people believe he lost. The Weidman training camp he went through dealing for a wrestler like that and all of that learning and developing over those eight or ten weeks. And then this John Jones training camp I just really feel like the ceiling is championship for this guy. I really think that eventually, if he can continue on this trajectory, that Dominic Reyes eventually uh, won't be the uncrowned champion. He'll be the crown champion. I also feel like it's interesting. You know, Joe Stevenson has been his chief corner for a long time. He was nowhere to be found during yeah. this fight week. And I do believe Dominic Reyes, Kenny, he's kind of like his own head coach. He has his brothers. Um Danny and Jose, who were in his corner, and he, uh, you know, I mean, even with your brothers, right? There's nobody that you're going to really have that bond with and Keith yeah. was obviously really your chief corner I think with respect to Faras and Delagrati and everybody yeah. else but this guy thinks this game 24-7 and is a super smart former IT guy I'm very excited for the future for Dom Reyes well you can tell um listen I, I think uh I owe him a, an apology because I, I think he was he was definitely underestimated yeah. uh not only by me but I but I think a, a lot of other people this is a guy that has obviously been hiding a lot of skills out there. And for him to do this good uh, against John Jones, uh, I think just shows uh, his potential, his current skill set, and how he continues to develop as a mixed martial artist. I was very impressed by his performance. It's one of the best performances against John Jones that we've seen probably since Alexander Gustafson. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I was just blown away by this guy, and yeah. I would not be surprised if he is a future champion at 205 pounds. No doubt about it, man. And as far as dispelling the notion about the referees not watching the fights with respect to my man Joe Rogan, right. I think he was blocked by the turnbuckle and maybe was eyeing a commissioner who was either cheating a monitor or doing something else, talking to an individual. But when I look to my left, that judge who was sitting in the judge's seat was absolutely watching the fight. So I know much has been made of that, and, and maybe Rogan even would disagree, but... I saw all the judges were looking at the action the entire time. So I uh, just wanted to dispel that in our opening segment because there is certainly a lot of, uh, of stuff out there on that. All right. Longo and I have disagreed on a lot of different things in the past, and I'm very curious to get his thoughts on the judges' 49-46 card for John Jones now that we have all ingested this fight three or four times. To that end, let us get to the Ray Longo Minute. Now time for the Ray Longo Minute. I want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest. That's what I want. The Ray Longo Minute. Starring Ray Longo. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. 
All right, the great Ray Longo now joins us. So, Ray, you tweeted me, or excuse me, you texted me after the yeah. fight between Dominic Reyes and John Jones. What a class act on Reyes. He won that fight 49-46. Shoot that guy. Now, I wrote on Instagram yeah. yesterday to the judge who had it four rounds to one for John Jones. That dude is blown, right? But I have had yeah. some time to sort of rethink that, and I just want to pose it to you this way. If you thought rounds two and three were close, as I did, and rounds four and five were clearly for John Jones, is it not out of the realm of possibility that one judge saw two, three, four, and five all for John Jones? Uh, yeah, that's totally out of the realm. Totally out of the realm. Okay, so tell that's us a, how you saw it. No, listen, Kenny, I'm going to tell you something. Here's the, here's the deal. Let's just... Uh, let's start with a couple of things, because I'm totally fucking confused on this. First mm. off, well, regardless of what the rules are, hands down, two hands, one hand, one hand up your ass, whatever it is, we <laughs> score on a round-to-round basis. Right, there right. is no question in my mind that one through three went to Reyes. Yes, Jones did great in the championship rounds, but the rounds are already scored. And the guy wins the fight. I think it's an easy fight to score. I just, listen, on John, John Jones killed, uh, look, first off, his great fight by John Jones. I don't want, I'm not, I, I really became a fan. I mean, he, he looked great in the fight. I mean, he was uh, forcing, you know, he did a great job at walking forward and, and eating those shots. But he, he unequivocally lost rounds one through three. And to his own admission, he thinks he won because of the takedowns. And there were no takedowns in one through three. So we right. know you won four and five. But it's a round-by-round round basis. What is what does the championship rounds have to do with anything? Now, to that, if it was a pride fight, John Jones unequivocally wins that fight because they put a lot of emphasis on how you finish. We get it. But when you're scoring round to round, and we know that's the way they score, how does, he, how does Jones win that fight? Regardless well, Ray, I'll of tell what you. he did in four and five. You're absolutely right about the championship rounds. The takedowns really don't factor in it at all because he wasn't able to take Dominic Reyes down in rounds one through three. But I would I would encourage you to go back and watch rounds two and three because I don't think they were as one-sided as you do. Now, I would also say, Ray, I didn't score one, two, or three for Jones. I'm just saying yeah. that certainly I wouldn't, you know— condemn somebody for scoring round two or three for Jones because I think there's an argument to be made that he won those rounds. Yeah, and, and, and Ray, I would say this. You know, I was in the same camp that there, there, it, it'd be impossible to score the fight for Jones four to one. But in going back and watching it today a couple more times, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It, it's Again, it's, it's an interesting thing when you watch a fight and, and you look at some of the replays and you look at some of the score. Like a lot of the, like the flurry, there was a flurry in round two where Rays was throwing a bunch of shots and John Jones was kind of whipping his head around and trying to get yeah, the hell yeah, out yeah. of there. And it looked yes, bad. Yeah. But when you go back and look at the flurry, he actually didn't land any of those shots. And I was like, holy shit, am I? You know what I mean? It, it's a totally different no, thing. No, and, just, and if you're watching Jones with a bunch great, of people. Yeah. Kenny yeah. Jones did a great job with that. I know he was against the cage. He did a great job slipping and weaving and everything else. Right. Did a great job, but he still lost that round. Round two was kind of closer. One mm -hmm. and three, I think, are definitive. Th two, I still got to give Reyes. I, agree I with just that. watched the fight again. I'd love to yeah. watch it with you guys. And yeah. why? Mm -hmm. Why? How we? What, what about the punch stats in, in Reyes's face? That's how don't Jones win the fight? Matter, There's no takedowns. There's no takedowns. The punch stats are in the other guy's favor. What are we looking at? Ray, the stats don't yeah. matter, though. No, I, I, I don't look. I, I'm just saying they, they technically don't matter. But he definitely landed more. He definitely outlanded them. I, I just watched it. 
I mean, I'd love you know, to watch it with the both of you guys and 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 look at yeah. it. But the, the Jones saying he thinks he won because of the takedowns. There were no takedowns in those rounds, and I think they were. I thought they were pretty clear for Reyes. I, I, I look, it's just my opinion, but again, right. I think what, what where the problem is, it was such a good fight, and Jones did a great job at literally making it seem like nothing was affecting him and walking forward. That I think that's where the confusion is because. He did a, a, a really, really good job at that. But if you're scoring on points, I really believe that was an easy fight to score, and I give it to Reyes three to two. Ray and John, and John, this is for you as well. Did you see? Did you guys see the uh, scorecard that Verdict MMA put up? So th- the way that they do their scorecards is interesting. It's it's a, an argument I think Rogan was talking about as well of getting more judges involved. And that way, you know, if there is some judge that kind of you know, out on left field, the the majority of the judges who score a, a, a round, that basically gets rounded up, right? right. So they kind of tabulate yeah. all the scores, and based on all of those scores, you know, they give, you know, what, whatever it is for that round, and they tabulate it at the very end of the fight, basically getting like .2s or .4s for certain right. rounds. They add it all up, and they give you a scorecard. Um, it, it's interesting, Verdict MMA, which is, uh, you know, they okay. do a great job, I, I think they ended up scoring it for Jones. It was a small margin, right? But um, it, it's not a bad way that the way that they scored that card. Um, I, I don't know if you guys have seen it. And what you guys think of it? Think of it. I mean, it sounds it sounds good to me. I mean, it definitely sounds good. Uh, mm-hmm. And I like you know having you know more people that could you know erase like somebody who's not looking at the fight or you know whatever's right. going on who's scoring it <laughs> crazy. But uh, you know, look. At the end of the day, I really believe this, man. I believe 95% of the fights are easy to score. You know, you just really want good guys in there for that 5% that are going to be close. Where you re- Look, the other thing is, and this is what you guys were talking about too, can we, uh, can we hear what uh, Solis has to say about the fight? Maybe if we hear him talk, right. We, right. we understand where he's coming from or we just say, man, the guy's absolutely insane. But we don't yeah. know. So we we have conjecture, and we're trying to come back. Well, I looked at two and three, and there's a mm. pot. Let's hear him talk about it. He's the guy watching the fight. You know, you guys right. are commentating. I'm in my living room. I might be petting a dog in between fucking flurries. Right. I don't know. Huh. He's got his right. eyes on the fight. Let's hear what he has to say. But no, no accountability as usual. And these guys will never, ever be held to anything. The only yeah. job in America where you're going to have to kill somebody to get fired is with those yeah. commissions. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Absolutely, Ray. It's a great point. I think that would help clear up a lot of things and it would help the fighters know where these judges are coming from and what they're looking for and all that stuff. I think it's important uh, and for the fans to know you know, what they're doing. Maybe some kind of write-up round by round at the end of the fight or something that yeah, gives a, something. You know, an Give idea of what they're looking at. And, 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 and I got to tell you, they don't yep. do it for a reason. They don't do it for a reason, and the reason is it's total insanity. That's mm-hmm. why they don't do it. Nobody wants yep. to back those guys up. Then they got to. Then that guy writes something, and then somebody has to right. defend them. It's a, it's a sure. nightmare because they yeah. know they're yep. crazy. Well, you've been beating that drum to get the judges to talk for a while, and I did have a conversation a few shows ago with two of the judges that I respect to a great extent, Chris Lee and Sal D'Amato, and uh, maybe we can get one of them on the program at one point in time. But, uh, Ray, I would defer to you in terms of watching this fight. It sounds like you and I saw it similarly 
in terms of yeah. rounds one and three being Reyes rounds, yet a lot of people are most upset about round two that I thought was actually the closest round in the fight. But what, what Ray, I just want to talk to you uh, about the scoring because I don't know if Ken Flo, who, by the way, fought for this sport's ultimate prize on three occasions, our scoring system is fucked, okay? It doesn't work for this sport. And certainly I think having more judges would help. We are going to get into the open scoring thing. But if you just look at rounds three and four in this fight, and I hope people will listen to this. Yeah. 99% of people believe that round four was 10-9 for John Jones. So the score for yeah. round three really can't be 10-9 Jones because numerically it just doesn't add up because round three and round four were not the same thing. Half points and things like that are going to result in a lot of draws and, and we don't promotionally need a bunch of ties. Um, but Ray, our system doesn't allow us to score this sport properly, at least as it is presently constituted. Yeah, I uh, yeah I agree with you, but I don't think we're ever going to fix it. Anytime you have human beings involved, obviously, John, things could go south, and that's really the problem. It's not. It, it we could we could come up with anything, and we'll find a way to screw it up. That's my that's personal true. belief. That is true. You know what I mean? So, and again, I I think you got to make these guys accountable, so they know that they're going to be accountable, and they're going to have to talk after the fights, and then they got to back up their shit more. Look. I, the only guy, the only ref or judge that ever to me, I don't know, I don't know about only, but I, is, is, is uh, Herb Dean. When he made that call on uh, Robbie Lawley, you could hear him. He goes, dude, I'm sorry. I thought you were out. That's all we want. He tried to do the right thing. He thought he was out. He made a mistake. He apologized. Right. Why can't nobody else do that? I had guys try to convince me my guys were out. Forget about the I thought you were out. They're trying to convince <laughs> the guy saying I wasn't out. They're trying to convince the guy he was out. How do you do that? <laughs> right. Her Dean at least, what a heartfelt thing. And then Robbie gave it, you're a great ref. Things happen. That's it. Right. It's over. Right. But right. we can't get anybody to even remotely say, look, man, I made a mistake. I thought that counted more for that. I thought this happened. It did. Something. Give yeah. us something to go by. We're guessing. And then we're coming up with, you know, all our theories. If you look at three and four, let's hear what the guy has to say. Maybe yeah. he changes our minds. So uh, what about just going back to like a single round, Ken Flo, or allowing the judges to score this fight on the totality of the mm -hmm. fight? Do you think that has any merit? I mean, I, I, I certainly feel like uh, if it was one 15 or 25-minute round, it effectively changes the sport, but... I don't know. I mean, is that something that you think makes sense? You know, uh, another listener chimed in, maybe round five should mean right. more. I don't think you can do that. What do you think? I, I think that is challenging as well, just because of uh, the limitations of the human memory and, and our ability to kind of, you know, it, 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 that's a tough one as well. And it's like coming up with, you know, everyone's trying to come up with a, a rule set for jiu-jitsu that makes sense, that's going to bring action, that's going right. to get people to fight. We are creative, adaptable animals, and we will find a way to always yeah, kind of yeah. cheat a system or make it difficult or screw it up altogether because 100%. of our humanness, oh, because 100%. of our humanness, right? So it, it's such a tricky thing, man. There's always going to be vulnerabilities with whatever system you pick. Pick one, and I'll come up with a way to tell you how it's not going Without to work. Without a doubt. And, Without a doubt. And, and that's the thing. That, that's the challenge. Can it be better? I do think there's things we could do to tweak it and make it a little bit more specific uh, and easier for fighters and fans to understand. Is it going to be perfect? Hell no. Yeah. 
No, it, it can never be perfect because we're not perfect. Yeah. So that that's the right. way I look at it, you know. So there are a lot of downsides to open scoring, right? Some have suggested, oh, the judges are going to get pelted with beer bottles. The judges shouldn't even be in the arena. So, right. judges, I do think in terms of change, Ray, I would disagree with you that we're never going to get it right. I do think eventually, in the not-too-distant future, the judges will not be in the arena. They'll be in a noise-canceling setting. Go ahead, Flo. 100%. And is that even the best—John, from your vantage point, which is the same as the judges, essentially, do you have the best view? What are you looking at? Are you looking at the cage, or are you looking at the monitor, mostly? Well, don't tell my boss that I do watch the cage more than I should. But no, we're supposed to watch the monitor because Why? that's what's being sent home. Exactly. And and it's also the best vantage point. You can right. see most of the angles. When yes. you're in the cage, you can't see. If John Jones's huge back is turned to you, are you going to see whether he actually got hit solidly, solidly or not? Right. You can't. Yeah, and, so again, and Kenny, they shouldn't Kenny, even be in there. Yeah, Kenny, to your point, when I'm in the corner, there's times I lose sight of what's going on. I got to move around yeah. and look, and, you know, I can't exactly. stay in the same spot and see everything. That's right. impossible. So, right. yeah, I get that. That's, even that's the, a that's, good point. That's so probably Ray, not even the best place to, to be, uh, to, to, you know, anyways. Ray, a exactly. lot of the fighters who have this open scoring concept dropped in their lap, I would say, I don't know if it's a 52% majority, but most of the fighters that I've heard from are in full support of open scoring. You'd look at a monitor, look up at the Jumbotron, you could see exactly where you stand. Now it changes the sport, right? I mean, this is a huge thing that it hasn't happened because it, it changes MMA, Ken. I mean, it would change your training, it would change the way you fight. All of a sudden, emotionally, you look up, you think you've banked two rounds and one judge has you down 2-0. I mean, Ray, as a coach of these athletes, do you see the upside of open scoring? You know, I think the, uh, you know, for me, listen, I, I'd have to really adjust to it because I know emotionally if I think my guy hammered the guy and I see that he lost the rounds, I'd probably lose my shit. It would fucking affect the way yeah. I'm coaching yeah. because <laughs> I'd, go, I'd be focused on wanting to kill whoever put that score up. You know what I mean? Like that, that would probably <laughs> bother me, but I think the fighters are in favor of it, you know, but that would create yeah. another dynamic. It'd be great for you guys because. Me and Sarah would probably go fucking berserk, you know. Yeah. But, you know, it would, be, it, would, it would be entertaining. But you know, as far as uh, as far as that, man, I don't know. Kenny, you know, I think the fighters be... would like it because they know where they're at. But man, if you know, just think about that. You think you just decisively won and you lost? That could just it could go both ways. Could motivate Kenny. you to do more, or it could deflate you. Like, what else can I do to win? Right. Tenflo, open scoring would be insanity you know i do think it has its merits i'm not sure i'm all in but i'm certainly closer to yes than no uh as a fighter how do you feel about it i'm kind of at the camp i'd rather know what <laughs> what they're looking at than yeah. not know in, in some ways you know what i mean i, I think it would help me I, I would much rather know what the hell's going on so i can just move forward you know uh and, and do what i need to do to win the fight if i'm in there um and i think I don't know. As a coach, I would kind of like it as well. You, you got to tell the fighter what the hell's going on. And if you absolutely know what's going on, as frustrating as it may be, yeah. um, I, I think you can get a lot of your fighters to get out there and win those rounds that they need to or get that, you know, at least attempt to try to get that knockout or submission right. that they need to win that fight if they're down, you know, two two rounds and they have three, you know, three, three in the fight. Allow me to ask you guys a question real quick. If you were to do open judging, open scoring, would the judges be in the building, and if so or if not, would you allow the judges 
to know what the other judges' scorecards are because I feel if one judge was the dissenting judge throughout a fight, he's going to try to make good on that in a, in a close round later on. So the final score Yo. looks a little bit better. Who the yeah. fuck is that guy? Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> no, it would have to be a clean monitor. Yeah. They wouldn't be privy to the other judges' scorecards. Yeah, there would have to be no rooms. graphics or anything yeah. like that. It's a good question, TJ. And we certainly want to protect yeah, all the individuals. That's a great we want to. We want to protect the fighters, too, though, because, Kenfo, like when you fought Jose Aldo, you got off to a great start, but you probably knew going into the fifth round uh, that you really needed that round. Yeah. I guess I fear for the athletes is that, all right, five-round championship fight, the fighter B knows he needs round five or maybe needs a finish, right. but you either just don't have the gas or you don't want to get, you know, fighter B doesn't go for it in round five. And then he's roundly criticized for not going for it, knowing that he needed that round to win the fight. Yes. So there are people to protect. And, and I understand the sensitivities to, to that side of it. Yeah. And, and you cut, you generally have an idea of how the fight is going, but again, yeah. A lot of times, these judges have a, a completely different view of how that fight is going. So, well, look, um, you know, yeah, yeah. Let me let me just jump in. I'm sorry for interrupting again, for but uh, again, on that, based on that, listen. Then I don't. I could be wrong on this, but we don't really see a lot of times where the corner says you need this round, and they're fucking wrong. That's why you need fighters and people that know what they're doing, fucking judging yeah. these fights. It's rare that you see a guy say you need this round, and he doesn't. And he's way ahead on the cards. Yeah, but we do see it where, you know, it's the other way around with the judges where they're yeah. given round, you know, like it's the total opposite of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, big picture, a forgettable night for the Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation. You had that wayward 30 to 27 card for Andre Yule. The round one scorecard that gave Trevin Giles that round over James Krause, who had his back for three and a half minutes and attempted two submissions. Uh, that's one of the worst singular round scores that I've seen. And yet, there are people that feel like Giles reversed position and pounded him on the ground, and they saw it round one for Giles. So even though I think that is borderline insanity there are people who uh who disagree with me all right ray we got to get you out of here before we do uh it is fight week for one of the toughest men on this roster your guy marab dwalish willie fighting casey kenny this is a huge fight it's on espn plus this weekend rio rancho new mexico uh are you staying home or are you going and how's marab doing no of course i'm going but uh i leave thursday are you are you, are you calling the fight I will not be in Rio Rancho. I'm going to go watch uh. Jones Reyes 30 more times, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to watch you with you. Can we uh, organize that? we got to set that up. Uh, yeah, and no, I'll be in New Mexico. Marab's looking good. He's a handful for anybody. We've definitely taken Casey Kenny very seriously. He's ranked ahead of Marab. He's number 14. Uh, you know, I don't worry about Marab because he's got a great, you know, outlook on everything and he trained his balls off like he always does. My problem with Marab is getting him out of the gym, not getting him in the gym. So right, he had a, right. a great workout last night. His attitude is on point. Everything looks good. And, again, uh, we know it's going to be a tough fight, uh, and we'll see what happens. You know, I think uh, uh, he's, like, again, he's a handful for anybody, this kid. Great fight. It's like the third fight of the night. But, yeah, you got the rank Casey Kenny taking on Marab. And, uh, all right, man, well, we'll talk to you next Monday. We'll recap that fight with you, and we'll probably get a little bit deeper on this Jones-Reyes thing. But uh, we got to let you fly, my man. Safe travels, all right? All right, cool. Take it easy, guys. See you, Ray. Great stuff out of Ray Longo today.
You know, the UFC cuts my check, and Kenny, you know that I really am a fan first, but most fans aren't going to believe that, and that's okay. But the whole notion that I'm defending John Jones and I'm some promotional shill, can I just remind people that my boss, UFC President Dana White, had it 3-2 Reyes. I had it a draw. I'm really just defending a judge who might have seen rounds two or three for John Jones. But it, it's amazing to be called a shill when my opinion actually differs from Dana's, right? It's one thing when I'm supposedly towing that company line, but still a shill when I go against the boss, too, is always great. They've already made their mind up, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, you know, it's 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 hilarious, man. That That's what everyone's going to point, point to anytime you don't agree with them. Um and yeah anyways that that's that's always fun i respect all opinions and we are going to have to get some picks for uh this new mexico show i might just have you guys give me these picks for the record so we can go deeper on jones and reyes and and maybe lay some respect at the feet of the great valentina shevchenko but we got to get to it it is the main event challenge it's the main event challenge the time is most definitely now i finished fights I'm going to do everything possible to win. The Main Event Challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. All right, support for the Anakin Florian Podcast brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. All right, guys, listen up. Valentine's Day just around the corner. You don't want to be that guy with the extra, extra lettuce down there, Ken Flo, right? Or the guy with the cut on his balls. Whether you have a Valentine or not, you got to be prepared to look good down there. If you've ever trimmed yourself below the waist, you probably cut yourself. I really butchered myself, actually, at Gettysburg College, Ken Flo, back in 1996. Man, did my fraternity brothers not let me hear the end of that. But it doesn't happen anymore because Manscaped has redesigned their electric trimmer. They spent 18 months perfecting this thing. It's unquestionably the greatest below-the-waist trimmer ever created. They have just released it. The new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 third iteration features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. This is a premier product, folks. I've been using it now consistently. It's got an LED light for more precise trimming. They've upgraded the motor. Battery lasts up to 90 minutes. Also, charging dock powered by USB, so it's super easy there. They have truly thought of everything, and us at the Anakin Florian Podcast, we want you guys to experience it firsthand because this lawnmower has literally changed our lives Time to trim that junk of yours. Help the show at the same time. You get 20% off and free shipping with the code AF at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code AF. Stay sexy this Valentine's Day and manscaped. Manscaped.com, promo code AF for 20% off with free shipping. All right. Main event challenge time. It was a big week for Ian Parker at UFC 247. Had John Jones by unanimous decision. So you got the round point and the method point there. You had Shevchenko by submission, but you had the round three. So even though you didn't get the knockout, an extra point for you there. And Justin Taffa is betting underdog. So an eight to three week for Team Anik. It is 19 to 14 as we hit UFC Rio Rancho. I want to rifle through these picks, guys, and then get to the Jones-Reyes stuff for the rest of the show and time permitting some stuff on Valentina Shevchenko. So Diego Sanchez is fighting Michel Pareda in the co-main event here in Rio Rancho. Sanchez's last fight came in July. Uh, lost to Michael Chiesa. That ended his two-fight winning streak, taking on the veteran Pareda, who was on the wrong side of that upset against Tristan Connolly back in September. Uh, Ken Flo, very quickly here on the co-main, are you going with your guy Diego Sanchez uh, or Michel Pareda? 
Uh, hate to go against Diego Sanchez here, but uh, I think Pereira's a really tough matchup for him. Um, he's a pretty solid grappler as well. I think he's going to look to try to keep this on the feet and look for a TKO. Um, you know, I think Pereira's got some big weapons that uh, Sanchez has to watch out for on the feet. Um, I think Pereira wins this one. You got a method or a round for me, kid? I do. Uh, let's go with TKO round three. DKO round three for Michelle Pereira, a minus 160 betting favorite, by the way. Diego Sanchez coming back at plus 130. Ian Parker, who do you have? I'm going to go Pereira. I'm going to go TKO round one. Uh, this is still the same guy that knocked out Danny Roberts. You know, I think he's going to learn from that last fight, hopefully do some less backflips and uh, ah. just more imposing of his will. You know, Diego, I think has seen better days. I'm surprised they're giving him this fight. So I'm going round one TKO here. We're going to do a little prices right on this one. Uh, let, let, me switch, let me switch to round two for that, Anik. All right, round two oh, for Michelle yeah, Pereira. Oh, smart. He's smart. <laughs> smart. All right, main event. Uh, Ian, we'll have you lead here. Corey Anderson, minus 230 against Jan Bohovic, who is plus 180. We will need the round and the method. So quick backdrop for you. Many of you know Corey Anderson has won four in a row. You may not know that the first meeting with Jan Bohovic, he was just a, a developing fighter. It was UFC 191, September 2015, just the fourth fight in the UFC for Corey and seventh pro fight overall. So he's a totally different animal. I think the odds reflect that. Obviously, you can say the same about Bohovic, but it was his 23rd pro fight at the time, uh, but Bohovic is one six of seven, two straight. Ian Parker, who do you have in the main event this weekend? I really love Corey Anderson in this fight, not because he knocked out Johnny Walker. I just think uh, Bohovic's weakness is going to be what Corey Anderson is really good at, the pressure and that cardio, his wrestling game. You know, again, Jacare, Bohovic should have really dominated that fight with the size and strength, and he didn't, and he started to fade. Again, another charity challenge uh, fight that <laughs> that uh, you were already like seven pineapple tequilas deep. But, huh. you know, in that huh. fight, I, ju I just saw Jacare, you know, pressuring against the cage. I'm sorry, that mustache is – I can't look at you when I'm talking huh. right now. I'm sorry. I love it. I love it so much. Um, but, you know – I just think this fight with Corey Anderson, the way he knocked out Johnny Walker is going to give him confidence with his hands, which makes his wrestling that much more of a threat. Kenny, stop laughing at me, please. It's not helping. Um, <laughs> so I like Corey Anderson here. I don't think he's going to finish uh, Blahovich. I, I do think it's going to be a decision. I think this is the right time, a great matchup for Corey. He's a cardio machine, and I think that's what gets it done here. All right, the duck goes with Corey Anderson by decision. Ken Flo, when Dominic Reyes performed as well as he did this weekend, this past weekend, a lot of people suggested that the three biggest losers in this equation were Tiago Santos, right? Because his performance, you know, against John Jones, as great as it was, now people feel like Reyes's was maybe even better. So maybe Santos doesn't get that rematch as soon as people thought. And then these two guys that were hoping for something definitive, ideally a John Jones finish to yeah. get Reyes out of the mix. Now we don't know exactly what's at stake for Anderson or Blahovich, but winner could still be staring at a title shot. Who gets it done in Rio Rancho? You know, I definitely think that uh, Bojovich can win this fight. I just don't know if he does. I think, um, you know, for a lot of the reasons that uh, Ian already talked about, I do think that Corey Anderson's uh, ability to pressure, land shots sneakily from the outside, get to a clinch, you know, utilize that kind of offbeat rhythm, uh, it throws a lot of people off, and I think it's going to uh, throw Bojovich off as well. Uh, I like Corey Anderson here. Um, let's go by decision. All right, so both guys like Corey Anderson in that minus 230 range this weekend. All right, so Ian, we talked a lot, of course, about Jones and Reyes throughout the last 45 minutes or so. I want to get your thoughts. How did you see the fight? What, what are you laughing at, bro? Everything okay? 
I can't hear Ian anymore. Me neither. I Sorry, I had it on mute. I had, I had, I had it on mute because I really wanted to process what I was going to say. Because I know if I fumble my words or say the wrong thing, I get called out very quickly on this show. <laughs> so that's why I was already preliminary laughing All at right. being made fun of for okay. something I'm going to say. And now you're giving so. TJ more ammunition by muting your line. But I want to know how you saw the Jones-Reyes fight when you watched it in Parkland, Florida that night. And then now having watched it several more times, what about your opinion has changed? Uh, the one that's changed the most, I think, was really that, man, the round two and round three is 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 hard. You know, I gave Reyes the most definitive rounds, 100%, was round one Reyes, round four and five to Jones. Right. You know, two two or three, you know, I, I would lean Reyes and one of the other ones maybe go draw. You know, my, my issue here's uh, – there's a lot of things that people were saying on – social media was, you know, you got to perform better to beat the champ. If you're, if you're the contender, not the champion. And I kind of really hope that's not the way it's looked at because no. that's kind of bullshit. You know, I know, I know it's not, I'm just saying that that's a lot of people are saying, well, Jones doesn't have to do what Reyes has to do because he's the champ. And sometimes people feel that it's scored that way. You know, I disagree, but at the same time, sometimes it does come off that way. What I was trying to say on social media was, I don't think that John Jones won that fight four to one at all. No matter how many times I watch, I understand where the arguments come into play that he could have snuck in round three or round two with, you know, the takedowns, whatever it was. I just, I feel like the most important message here is that it could have went either way on the scorecards. Granted, the judges were obviously miserable the entire night, whether they were watching it, not watching it, whatever it was. This rematch has to happen. I think this is actually a great thing for Tiago Santos because it gives him more time to heal and he could still get the winner. doesn't matter, but... Yeah. I was so impressed with what, what Dominic did in those first few rounds. I think what he's going to learn is how to fight rounds four and five against a guy like John Jones. Because if he's able to really hone in and do what he did in those first few rounds, he could have had a dominant performance. So, Ian, and, Ian oh. let me ask you this. If, if those rounds two and three were close, how is it out of the realm of possibility that it's a 4-1 win for Jones? Because I didn't see that going that way. The way I looked at it... Um, was honest. I scored one of those rounds a draw and one, and I think rounds one and two for Reyes and four and five for Jones. You know, when the scorecards were coming out, I thought they were going to give it a draw to be honest with you. You know, I just, I didn't see where, jo if you were to give Jones rounds two and three, I just don't see how he won both of those rounds. You know, see, that, that, you know, you don't, but you're looking at it the wrong way. You, you can't look at it like, like two and three are grouped together. Or any of those rounds are grouped together. Right. Round starts, I'm, round I'm ends. Yeah. I'm no, 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 no. I get what you're saying. I'm not grouped. I'm just saying that my definitive was Reyes won round one. <coughs> Jones won four and five. Two and three were the hardest ones. I'm saying that I was leaning towards Reyes in one of those rounds and towards a draw in one of those rounds. Not Jones winning both of them. That's why I was just adding them together as the four to one. I, I'm, I'm scoring that, but John's already looking at me with that smile. Maybe it's the way I'm explaining this. Maybe no, when I hear no. myself, it's coming out differently, but... I just felt like the fight was so close. My point was that if you're going to do a 4-1 for Jones, you could easily say, well, maybe, no, you can't, never mind. You can't go 4-1 Reyes at all. So I'm sticking with my original thing I told John when we spoke offline was I went 1-2 and two Reyes, round 3 draw, 4-5 and five Jones. In some part, when Dominic Reyes heard that 49-46 score announced, he had to think that he had won the fight. But if you think about it deeper, maybe he was like, shit, I didn't because I definitely lost the last two rounds. Right. But 
again, I'd encourage everybody if you feel like it. See, I don't love always the whole re-watching thing. For me as a commentator, for my scorecard to have any credibility, I would have to re-watch the fight because I'm fucking banging promos and everything else. Um, but I would encourage fans to go back and watch rounds two and three and let us know at Anik Florian Pod how you saw those specific rounds. And Ken Flo, very quickly, as far yes. as to be the champion, you have to beat the champion, okay? When I was scoring boxing prelims back in 2003, okay, when you have much more of a margin for error, right, with 12 rounds, even then, you know, I'm not giving Marco Antonio Barrera the round 10-9 because in a close round because he's the fucking champion, right? right? It's like, it, what does exactly. that even mean? I, I think we've been talking about this since we started the podcast, how fucking ridiculous that statement is. And, you know, you hear, well, in order to be, be the champ, you got to beat the champ and you got to do it decisively. Uh, and the, uh, no, you got to win the fucking rounds. That's it. You, you win right. the rounds. That's what that's about. So, yeah, it's wait. Uh, so can I, well, let me ask you a question that, you know, and Kenny, especially for you, since you've fought these title fights, you know, John Kavanaugh said that he, had, he admitted that he actually sometimes scores rounds four and five heavier. He feels like that in a title fight really does help the guys that finish those last two rounds, especially if they're more dominant. Do you feel that that does happen with judges sometimes? Cause to be honest with you, the way some of these fights are scored, that, that kind of looks that way. I'm not saying that I believe that, but someone as highly regarded as a coach as him, for him to say that, that's got to mean something, no? But I, but I don't know what that means. What do you mean, score the rounds heavier? For example, he looks at four and five, if they, if like how Jones was more dominant in four and five, that that would, he would place it as a more decisive victory for Jones in that fight. Like, he wasn't even questioning Jones's win because of how dominant he was in those later championship rounds. Does Ian Parker know how... J Fights are yeah. scored because yeah, you don't get more points. You don't get more, dude. No, no, no. You listen. You listen, Ian. Stop. Hold on. Oh my God, you're you're quackers uh, right now Invicti, because, Invicti, dude. The oh. guy, chill, bro. I, it's not me. I know they're scored. I asked Kenny a question. I said when he's watching a title fight. Okay. Does it, dude? It's possible. It doesn't. But it doesn't matter, Ian. It doesn't matter if it's just his opinion. Your question to to. Kenny is like asking what color the number four is. It doesn't make sense. It's not a real thing. <laughs> so, so John Kavanaugh, who's one of the top coaches in the mixed martial arts world, his opinion means nothing, knows nothing. I was just asking if that was a shared feeling. That's it's, it's, so it's one thing to, to – okay, there's, there's two things, right? The perception of the fight and then the scoring of the fight. So the overall perception of the fight is such that, okay, if you are dom a little bit more dominant in rounds four and five, that the perception is is that you won the overall totality right. of the fight. The unfortunate part is that that's not how you score a fight. You know what I mean? So there's the scoring Agreed. of the fight, and there's the perception of who won the overall fight. Like, uh, you could kick my ass for – or you could outpoint me for four rounds, and in the fifth round, I can like, completely almost knock you out in the fifth round. But guess what? I probably <laughs> lost the fight. It does not matter. Let, right? let me guess. So, it, it should have been a split decision, right, Ian? My man. My man. Just want to restore order very quickly because I know you got to pick up a child here in about 60 seconds. He can wait. He can right. wait. I just want to know, Ian, because, Ian, you're one of the biggest MMA fans that I know. You're a former wrestler in terms of this broken MMA scoring system. And I think what we're all in agreement on is that we need a new scoring system. Um, more judges, I think, is the first order of business, five instead of three. But are you a proponent of open scoring, or do you think there are more problems than solutions associated with that? 
No, I love that concept. I absolutely love the concept of open scoring because I think then guys will fight differently. I don't think guys will run away. I don't think they'll sit back. I, I feel like I'm going to get made fun of by Kenny right now. I'm just saying that I think it's different if guys goes in, guys go into any round knowing they are down. I also don't think the judges should be sitting where they're sitting. You know, I think sometimes that plays a part in it too. There's distractions, the fans, the cheering, the screaming. Every time someone kicks a a blocked shot, you hear, oh, from the coaches and, if you know, guys not paying attention. So I think more judges, I think the open scoring and then them being in an isolated area, you know, with headphones or however you want to do it. Otherwise, I don't really know how else to control the situation, you know. But from what I heard, these guys also, you know, don't have a big MMA fight experience that were in Texas that were on the commission. So right. that sucks, right. too. Yeah, there are, there are myriad issues, but uh Close fight, yeah. I think, is probably my thesis statement, and uh, I think, generally speaking, that it's always great to see a new champion. You can get out of here, Ian. We appreciate your time, buddy. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay. Bye, TJ. Three plus two <laughs> is purple. Uh, I, I won eight to three this week. That's my role on this show. That's all you, I need to know. You, you, you kick my ass. I got nothing to say about that. So one All of the right, best later, parts guys. of this job for me is seeing somebody break through and become a UFC champion for the first time. And a lot yeah. of us felt at the end of those 25 minutes that that's what we were going to experience, that Dominic Reyes was going to be belted for the first time and become a UFC champion. And so I do think when a guy does nearly everything right, and of course, some people, when you say Reyes did nearly everything right, they'll say, dude, he lost the last 10 minutes pretty convincingly. He didn't do everything right. Right. And I understand what you're saying, but to have this type of performance against the all-timer John Jones and not get belted I know is really hard to swallow for Dominic Reyes but uh it was a close fight to me Ken Flo and depending on how you saw rounds two and three therein was where this fight swung and and listen he may have gained way more fans with the loss than he did with the win in some ways you could argue I I think he's going to get a rematch um I do think he'll make a, a lot of money in that rematch if he goes out there and wins I mean I think that just makes it all that much more impressive. And, and I think we will see a more confident and a more relaxed race um, who will make some adjustments to make sure that he gets that win. So, you know, I, I think it will be very interesting. I, I do think John Jones can make a lot of adaptations, a lot of changes to his game uh, as well. And I also no think that John Jones is the kind of guy who is almost impossible to beat in a rematch. He right. only gets better. He only gets smarter. He's got a, a lot of smart guys around him. Um, you know, the Gustafson fight was pretty close that first time around. What happened yes. in the second? That uh, Daniel Cormier fight was pretty close the first time around. What happened in the second? So, I mean, you know, this is a guy that definitely gets better. You know, you know what's amazing is if you go back and look at the scorecards for Gustafson Jones 1, to a round identical to these Dominic Reyes John yeah. scorecards. Absolutely incredible. So much on the line, though, and therein lies the passion, right? And we appreciate all the fans chiming in, and it's just a back and forth. You know, I hope people will respect the dissenting opinions. You know, that's my only real frustration with all the social media back and forth is that certain people don't respect the the opposite opinion of their own. And I think as long as you're doing that, then then the back and forth is great. And that's why this sport is the greatest, because it's so unpredictable. And think about how much shit one fight gave us to talk about here on a Monday morning. I want to get about 30 seconds or 60 from you on Valentina Shevchenko before we go, because what else can you say about just how great she is? And especially for those people that think she beat Amanda Nunes in the second meeting in 2017, you know, this woman should have these goat emojis after she fights and they're not there because of Amanda Nunes. Most impressive for me and Rogan alluded to it. 
dude, her heels don't hit the floor the entire fight. There's no reset whatsoever. I was just fixated on her feet after he said that. Complete domination. Uh, she chews up and spits out Caitlin Chukagian for her third successful flyweight title defense. She moves extremely well. Um, she's already she's always ready to move. Um, footwork is the most underrated aspect of fighting, period. Uh, she knows the proper range that she needs to be in. That wheel kick was a thing of beauty. Uh, one of the most beautiful strikes you will see land in the UFC period. Uh, Shevchenko was on fire on Saturday night and, and Chukagian, to her credit, actually came to fight. She was no trying doubt. to make a fight of it. She was moving forward. Something I was really worried about. So she started pressuring and again, that's the problem, is the more you try to pressure a counter-striker like a Shevchenko, she will make you pay. Uh, and man, was she awesome. Uh, mixing things up with her takedowns getting that crucifix position. She has the killer instinct. Once she figs you, fig figures you out, you are in big trouble, man. And that's what makes Shevchenko such, such a master uh, in there, such a pleasure to watch. So, like, what are you supposed to do, though, against her, right? I mean, like, for yeah. JoJo Calderwood and maybe for Macy Barber, that Roxanne Modafferi loss is a blessing in disguise so that yeah. she didn't get fast-tracked into that oh, fight. Oh, she's not ready for that, yeah. But for JoJo, it's like, what, so... Because don't you, I mean, like, so how are you supposed to fight Valentina on the feet? Like, what are you supposed to do, bro? Very carefully. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you're in trouble, man. I mean, there's not a whole lot of things you could do. She has so much experience now, both as a striker, uh, as a mixed martial arts fighter now. she's She continues to get better. She's always traveling around, improving. Um yeah, I see her holding on to that belt uh, until she retires, man. She She is an absolute problem. Beautiful to watch. And, man, could she be any more classy and gracious. Uh, she's just the total package, human being, fighter, and yeah. uh, couldn't be happier for Valentina Shevchenko to realize all of this success. Uh, true martial artist, if there ever was one. All right, we got to get out of here. If you haven't checked out the new YouTube page, hope you will do that. You can now watch and listen to this show worldwide. And we promise you, too, this show's always going to be free, so you don't have to worry about that. As long as we're here, this thing is never going to be behind a paywall on social media. You can find us at Pod on Twitter, on Instagram. And we're right back next Monday. Get your prime for UFC Fight Night. Felder versus Hooker coming up February 22nd from Auckland, New Zealand. With that, for Ken Flo, Longo the Duck, John Annex, and so long for now. TJ DeSantis, thank you. Appreciate everybody out there. We'll talk to you next Monday. Until then, enjoy the fights. Don't text and drive. Yo fucking later. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and Wagering Week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line. San Antonio District Judge resigns after a federal corruption probe. A former San Antonio, Texas judge goes to federal prison after pleading guilty to accepting bribes in exchange for rigging cases in his court. Angus McGinty committed the ultimate judicial sin. Why did you do it? I did it because I was foolish. Listen to How to Bribe a Judge on RevolverPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.